What's up, my people? My strong people going through hell. All my healing people, all my people going through the thing, wondering what the hell's going on, or people who are inquisitive and just figuring stuff out, or those who are coming out of the fog. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to my babble bullshit. <laughs> no, I hope it helps somebody out there. I want to so badly tell you every update of my day just so you guys know you're not alone and I have a very very severe case of a um, narcissistic sociopath mother and a grandmother and a very severe toxic family who goes by whatever they say and I am the scapegoat so um, for those of you who don't listen or just tuning in I uh, recently got the balls finally to list the house. The house will be listed for sale in a few days and that's huge for me but in the same way it's like if those of you who've seen The Sound of Music it's like getting over the mountain in a way. It's like escaping in cult. It's uh I can't have a for sale sign. It can't be public. It can't be it's got to be more stressful of course. I have to jump through 70 hoops. My birthing woman we can call her Kelly, who I've called her, I shouldn't say names, but let's call her Jelly today. <laughs> Jelly um, lives three houses down. We bought the house when we got married from my father, who's in the construction business. And he had bought it and fixed it up, and he sold it to us. So I've been trapped by her and until I recently figured out, you know, two years ago what was going on. So we're trying to make that escape and it's huge. And I, you know, again, if you haven't listened, I suffered severe mental um, sickness and severe physical sickness. I let my mental health get so bad that I literally, it became a huge um, open wound on my leg. Um, I don't know where it came from. It just appeared the craziest thing. I, you know, I was in the hospital multiple times. I I almost literally let myself go. I was done. I care about people in my family so much. My father, my siblings, my grandfather, all these people, and they just hurt me 24-7 because of her. And it's time to rip off the band-aid and I have to, not just for me, it's for my family I have to protect. I have three wonderful kids who need protection. My oldest has um, special needs and she's the best thing in the whole world and um, she's a girl and then I have two boys and it's eight, four and six so my husband was unable to work. He had to quit his job. Well, he didn't quit his job. My mother ruined his career. If you go back it's in one of my episodes. Yes, she did. Um... It, of course, the, everything that these people do is so secretive and it's so well planned. It's a shame that they can't put this horrible, evil thinking towards something positive. That they can't, like, you know, come to cure some disease or something with the wittiness and the quickness that they're able to plan these disastrous things and 
horrible manipulation tactics and just everything. So, um, it's time for us to be our own family. I don't know what it's like. I told my husband the other day, he's a saint for marrying me and staying with me, but he's not, he knows if he goes back to work right now after he had to be mom, cause I was just done. If he went back to work now, they'd eat me up alive, which I'd be able to take, I think, but I'm not a hundred percent with my wound and everything and the kids. So he's protecting us and why go back to work when we're getting ready to sell. So we, um, are trying to get out of here with minimal money. You know, the financial abuse from these people has been horrible, horrible. I feel terrible for my kids because, you know, unemployment got taken away. Our funds are so limited. I'm trying to do whatever I can. Um, if you guys are listening and you want to support and uh, help me out, <laughs> any kind of donation would be appreciated. And I will get it back to you in karma or whatever you need, therapy, um, I don't know what else to do. I would love to record more, and I would, especially if I was getting some kind of monetary value out of it. Um, I hate to even say something like that because it's not, I'd rather just do this for free, but maybe there's some some of you out there who, who don't mind helping me out. Um, it's just pathetic, the whole thing. I never in my wildest dreams imagined I'd be in such... A horrible position like this but unfortunately this is the plan of my mo mother and grandmother ever since I found them out this is what they wanted to happen um it almost killed us almost destroyed us we just recently got our car running again um there's so many things to why things are the way they are I'd have to do like an episode on each thing that went down and how these things, events happened in our life, one thing after another and how it was all masterminded by uh, Captain Psycho, two Captain Psychos. Um, so again, if there's... I will record a lot more if I'm getting any kind of money for it. It would be great. I hate asking. But if you guys are feeling like donating to my um, escape, the psycho, narcissistic, sociopath woman, and be free uh, life, and also to raise awareness. Because the more I can record, the more things I can do. There's other channel ideas I want to get. You know, there's so m m not enough out there. And that's half the problem. The, I literally had the discussion the other day with my husband. These people should be institutionalized. My mother deserves to be in a institution with rubber walls. That's how psychotic the woman is. It's so scary every time I think of who she is or she does something every time that mask drops it doesn't get old it, the shock doesn't ever wear off it's just all I can explain is pure evil and it's just 
shock and awe of such mental ailment, um, mental psychoticness, mental, it's just mentally ill to its fullest. Um, my doctor, you know, had said something about sometimes they're like split personalities. It's scary. It is very scary. As I just pulled up from getting a few groceries, I, you know, she lives four houses down. Who knows? She drinks wine every day. She's never had to work a day in her life. Um, she wakes up every day and thinks she's a millionaire. My father's been busting his ass every day since he met her and they had me at 18. Um, you know, all his dreams went down the drain because he has a heart of gold and he got sucked right into this psychotic family unit. But the good news is I broke, I broke the mold. I broke it and... It will not continue on um, this way. It just sucks. There's not support here. I mean, just the other day, my husband's sister sent us some outrageous texts because she talked to somebody here. My mother, with the help of everyone she manipulates, is able to paint this picture of us as losers because she blames it as... Um, she tells everyone that I'm on drugs, I'm unstable, I lost my job, um, Ron's, my, sorry, my husband's abusive, I mean, things that just rock me to the core, and I'm so used to the third party abuse, and people, I mean, we had asked for help from our local church one time, and, you know, this was probably a year ago when I just got sick. My husband lost his job because of her. And they, uh, you know, were going to help us. You have to fill out, like, paperwork. You know, we were passed behind on the bills. Da-da-da. And they left, and they called me later on that day. And the lady said to me, just before we help you, I just want to make sure you're taking your medication, right? I was absolutely shocked. And I... I, um, I said, excuse me. And I hung up the phone because I was like, that's it. I don't even want to, you know, I, we, I chose not to take the help from people like that. I mean, if there's any message that I could get out. It's, it's please people. I was like that too, but do not be so influenced by people. I mean, there are certain people positive people maybe you can be influenced by but don't ever judge anybody from what others are saying and I will die trying to get that that whole theme that whole idea out into the world because that has been the worst you know um, just a few weeks ago fam the local cops we live in a small town my husband's truck has not been running mysteriously. You know, um, there was some kind of substance poured in his tank a year ago. I mean, it was like his baby, you know, and he's very mechanically inclined, but he hasn't had the time to work on it. Long story short, um, like I said, we live in a small town. 
a local cop friend of my family's pulls up in front of the house while I was over at the doctor's. My husband was home with the kids. My husband watches him and he pulls up and writes two tickets and puts them in my husband's mailbox. And, you know, the guy must have subconsciously knew he was doing something screwed up because why did he knock on the door and hand it to him like a, a man, like a cop should? No, he put them in the mailbox and he gave us a ticket for... Now, this truck has not... It has the two tires off of it, right? It's in front of our house where we have off-street parking. The whole street does. This cop wrote tickets for abandoned vehicle, which is absolutely outrageous. And he knows damn well whose vehicle it is. Like I said, it's a very small town. And he wrote a ticket for operating a vehicle without um, a license. Because due to our financial issues, my husband carries a CDL license. And we don't have health insurance because of the job. His career got lost currently, so um, we just let the license go for a couple weeks because it's been maybe a few months now because we know we have to pay for this physical, DOT physical, and it requires, you know, a couple hundred dollars that we didn't have. So we were waiting, and I've been the one driving lately, and he's been, you know, staying home, but... Um, Operating a vehicle without a license and an abandonment vehicle. So, first of all, those two tickets contradict each other. Second of all, they're saying the vehicle's abandoned, right? So, if it's abandoned, and it has been for at least a year, the tires are off of it. It's been like that for a very long time. So, this cop goes and writes abandoned vehicle and then says, No, my husband never drove this truck. It's not drivable. He writes him a ticket operating a vehicle without a license. So the very audacity of this local policeman <clears throat> to use his badge like that. But he thinks he's doing, you know, um, mommy dearest a favor by, you know, messing with her drug uh, POS daughter down the street uh, and especially her POS husband you know um, so two tickets that carry fine and it's just more financial abuse from her more of a web that's tangled that now we have to go through more hoops to get things straight before we can make our exit after we sell the house um that just is what I'm saying, going back to people who are so influenced by others and what they say. I, right now, it's like this tiny little town and these people are just, they're never going to change. They're so simple-minded. If they knew the truth, I, I think they would feel really bad. But I can't fight each one of them, and I don't care to because it's just a waste of my time. But moving forward, I can just tell people that please don't listen to what others are saying. Unless you're 100% sure, you know. Little bells should go off. I mean, one of my 
ex, uh, my sister's ex-boyfriends who, you know, um, many years ago they were dating and he, they ended up having a really bad breakup because of my mother. Of course, she loves to sabotage every relationship her kids get into. Um, he had told me, he's like, Whitney, I'm so sorry. You know, uh, now that I'm out of the relationship, I, I feel so bad for what your mother had me do. I mean, you know, because they were down the street and that's where my sister lived. He said every day he'd wake up in that house and the first thing that would be talked about is me and my kids. And he's like, your mom would just go bashing you all day long. And it was like, everyone thinks it's normal down there. And all these lies. And she would say, he was, um, her ex-boyfriend was, he was a, uh, what is it? Somebody who's on like the, uh, ambulance. Um, he drove an ambulance in Newark, I think, or Patterson, some very, you know, urban area that has a lot of high rate of lots going on, you know? Um, and he got paid for it, a paid paramedic. So he would say, she would say to him, Oh, go down there, you know, if you see Whitney outside or the kids and, you know, make sure, go, go check her vitals pretty much. Like, and he would like creep by and pretend to be walking my mother's dog and look me up and down. And it was the strangest thing. I mean, that this is how psycho my mother is to paint. She has to paint this picture. And I know, I don't know if you guys can, um, you know, feel me on this. But they care more about what the public portrays them as than they care about anything internally in their family or anything. She wants to look like Queen Sheba to everybody. And, and that's the um, that's how she gets away with it. Because she looks like this perfect specimen on the outside. And she painted this picture of me being this really horrible person who has these horrible things, you know, all, all this ridiculousness. And I have to, I have to live it. And because my mental health got mad, bad and I had that breakdown, it worked out in her favor because it reflected, you know, why does Whitney not have her job anymore? Why does her husband not have a job? It looks like, you know, we had some kind of issue with drugs or we had some kind of, you know, mental health crisis or whatever. But in a way, I did, you know, because of what she did. And when I found out what was going on and how I was getting stabbed in the back daily from my mother and grandmother and exploited and all these rumors were made up. I mean, I, I wish I was strong enough and smart enough a few years ago to just hang on and not have that breakdown. If I, I wish I didn't go so deep, but I mean, you can't control my heart broke and I had a breakdown and it led me into a little bit of psychosis. I was unstable and paranoid and, and, you know, distraught over it. And it's nothing. I've gone through therapy for years now. And, you know, my doctor says, she's like, Winnie, I'm not even going to call it full-blown psychosis because literally it, it was just you being a little paranoid. But when I think about it, 
I wasn't really psychosis. I was literally, for the first time, when I had that breakthrough and I saw her mask drop and, and reality came smashing me in the face, I was able to get, I was able to hear myself think for the first time in my entire life. And that gift is huge. And I guess sitting here now, I wouldn't change a thing because to have that peace of mind where I can actually, you know, think things over and I see the light at the end of the tunnel where I'm going to be this person that I'm my, the person that I'm supposed to be, the person that I am. And I, I see, you know, I'm starting to learn more about myself. My mother and grandmother and all of her minions had me so completely on a hamster wheel 24-7. It got worse. I had kids and got married. They were constantly running all this ridiculousness. You know, my grandmother would call me down to her house as soon as I got home from work and I started to make dinner, you know, and, and feed the kids and bathe them. And she'd run say, oh, Whitney, I need help on my computer now. And I mean, constant drama and all this stuff. And I had to go, you know, my husband was traveling for one time for work and I'd get home and I couldn't wait to see my kids. And my mother and grandmother had been at my house all day and they would, you know, go through all my stuff and give it, give it to, uh, thrift shops. And I had no idea. And, you know, Lord knows what kind of emotional abuse went on for my poor kids, especially my oldest, because I trusted that those people at the time, and I, after a long day, you know, I'd get home and I couldn't wait to see my baby and my babies at the time, my little girl. And my mother would open the door and she'd be like, you're late and you need this, this and this at the food store. Instead of being a normal person and texting me while I was at work or calling me, you need diapers and formula, go back out, you know, so I'd have to go back to the store. It was just, just saying it's, it was a constant hamster wheel. There was always some kind of chaos in, in doing. I could never get, a, there was no peace of mind. And that's what she wanted because she knew once I had peace of mind or clarity on anything, every, that's why every kind of event, you know, every anniversary, especially our wedding day, it was supposed to be, you know, wonderful. And it still was, even though there was a big cloud, she tried to completely sabotage. I mean, I'll have to go. That's a whole episode. But every good thing, all my birthdays, you know, even as a kid, it was like there was no time to myself. Even when I lived in their downstairs apartment basement, what I'm about to say is a little bit uh, sexually, um, sexual tone, but I lived downstairs in the apartment and I was getting ready, you know, I just met my husband now and we were dating, you know, I think we had just got engaged and I had my own door, my own entrance. And like I said, she likes to self, um, medicate with alcohol every night, her wine. And she just would come through and she had keys. She'd open my door to my room and we'd be in the middle of like, you know, playing around and she'd come in and just talk to me while, while this is, I'm, you know, messing around with my then fiance 
and she comes down and she'd be like, oh, Whitney, can you go to the store and get me cigarettes when you're done? I mean, that's completely outrageous and completely psychotic. And it would completely every time. I mean, it happened like three times, which just shouldn't happen once. I couldn't imagine doing that to my kids. But it was just her way of, you know, it was completely invasive. Um, it shocked the hell out of me when it happened. It turned me off. You know, it was her way of just controlling me and getting me more, you know, I couldn't think normally. And um, I had a wonderful job for 10 years. You know, she babysat only on her terms. But when she did, she lives two houses down. She would walk down purposely on late purposely late almost every time she had to babysit I had a boss who was wonderful thank God and he thought I was a good worker I was his assistant and he let it slide constantly because I would make up for it in other ways you know I mean I hate being a grown woman and having to say that my mother did this my mother did that but she did she is the mastermind behind a lot of the negative things that have gone on I wish I would have known because I, you know, when it happened, when I tried to talk to my father about stuff, he was like, oh, you're your own person, you knew, and I didn't. And I will say that with a hundred million percent of confidence, I had no idea. And I wasn't my own person. I was a puppet. I did what she expected of me. You know, I, in my head, I was so nervous cared so much I felt like I had to tell them every detail of my life 24 7 they made it so I would literally get nervous or shot out anytime they weren't up to date on my current events in my life or what happened to me and that gave them every tool that they needed to manipulate every part of my life and I can say that I was a hundred percent not knowing I was giving these people everything they needed to be this victim, you know? My mother and I basically, she took my, she stole my personality. She stole the person I am. She took my qualities, my good qualities, the person that I am. It's so hard to me, for me to say that I'm even have good qualities because I've always um, introvertedly taken so much blame to myself and I still do it. Um, it's very hard. My confidence is below negative. You know, it's coming up, but it's so hard. I battle with that every day. I'm sure you guys do too. It's, it's, uh, it's so hard. I remember reading something that, oh, people who have gone through this type of abuse and, you know, have survived it are, a doctor said that it's absolutely amazing how they're able to look inward. So we're able to, unlike other people, look inside, look at ourselves and find what we do wrong. I mean, think about that. I'm able to recognize when I do things wrong a lot and some people cannot do that and we're able to do it really good just like um 
and something good that you know we get as survivors is and it's always been my intuition is is real spot on it's almost creepy how how good it is um it's uh you know my mother back in the day would pull in the driveway or wake up and I'd hear her footsteps from the third floor down and I'd be all the way downstairs in the basement and I could hear just the way her feet were walking down the stairs, what kind of mood she was going to be in or the way she pulled up in the driveway, what kind of day it was going to be, you know, everything revolved around her and my grandmother. And if they weren't happy or if they felt bad and I didn't make, if I wasn't giving them enough of what they needed to be adored and loved and whatever it was, you know, stuff that they stripped me of as a child. She used, they used their love against me. I'm sure you guys can all feel that. Um, if they weren't getting that, you know, they would turn negative towards me. And I always would be on eggshells, you know, but I, we got some really good intuition out of it. And I really, that's a gift. And, um, I'm able to judge people pretty good. I'm sure you guys are too. I'm a pretty good judge of character. And a lot of my shortcomings are, believe me, I'm not perfect. But a lot of things that I do that, you know, my husband gets upset with. Like, for instance, my time, um... Management is terrible. I never had a shot, though. You know, um, it was never taught to me. I was always constant chaos, and, you know, I could never think straight. So I'd be out at the grocery store or anywhere to get, like, an outfit for an event, and I just could never think, okay, I need this, this, and this. It just was never, I never had some any kind of organized mind. It was always just uh, constant clouds and chaos and tornadoes and hamster wheels, you know. Um, I don't mean to be mean when I'm, like, I don't mean to be late on purpose for people. I just, it's, uh, I, it's something I battle with because nobody ever taught me time management. Nobody ever said that it was, you know, important. Um, if anything, I was made to be take <clears throat> take forever and look like I took advantage of people's time and stuff like that you know because she had to paint this picture of me that was not true and like I said think about that think about your abuser and think about how much of what people think they are is fake and how much of it is really the genuine you so everything that my mother tells me I am is exactly what she is she says, I'm a drug addict. I'm a child abuser. Um, she's called Typhus on me 30 times or more now. I mean, I never in my life. That's a whole other episode. That is closed, but it's just been an absolute nightmare. Um, I had to get a lawyer, the whole thing. I mean, she's, it, it's just awful, but Although, you know, everything that she did was disastrous and it took us down. Like my, my really good 
close uh, mother figure who, you know, was an advocate for my daughter. And she's like a really good uh, mentor in my life right now. And she's one of the reasons I'm able to get by and able to, you know, do these podcasts and, and, and I'm healing is, is one of the reasons is because of her, because she is helping me get by. But she just said the other day, you're getting really good at you and your husband and your whole family's getting good at jumping through these hoops. You just got to go a little bit more and you can get out of here. You know, it's literally going to be once we sell the house, it's going to be. Okay, quiet, quiet. All the stuff is packed that we need for now. We're going to get in the car in the middle of the night and we're going to go drive (laughs) to. We have a few ideas in mind and we're going to start fresh and that's going to be that, you know. It just sucks that I have to uplift my life in my little town, everything I've known, and she gets to stay snug in a bug down the street. But in the same token, this is she's ruined it here for me, you know? It's just something hard to do. And I know you guys are either pondering it, you know, you know it's your end game, or know in your heart that it's something that you need to do. Is to go completely no contact. My doctor has told me from almost day one. And she continues to tell me because that's what you need to heal. Is It's just a constant reiteration of you're not crazy. You know, this is what they did. It's just constantly telling you, you know, reiterating that you're okay and that you're not crazy. But she said, um, the your mother, your grandmother will never change. And until you get out of it, away from it, especially down the street, but even the next um, town over would be not enough because my mother would would drive. Um, she's able to, you know, I've had to go through heaven and hell to get, you know, the school's attention on not to, you know, release my kids to my mother. I mean, stuff like that. And She's just uh, a very mentally ill, psychotic, evil woman. And I read the other day, I'm going to wrap it up soon, guys. I don't want to sound like I'm babbling or, you know, I hope this is a good uh, listener for you guys. Um, To wrap it up, I want to just say, you know, I've had so much... uh, information you know about how these people don't change and they're never going to change and it's always going to you know there's no they have no conscience and I read the other day you know it it makes me so mad and I want to contact every author that I read and they're usually people that didn't go through what we went through guys or they just have it totally misconstrued and they haven't completely seen the mass drop but this uh, lady was writing an article, and it was on the internet, and it was about, um, she was a doctor, actually. I think she was a therapist. Maybe not a doctor. She was a therapist, and she was talking about narc abusers and, you know, sociopath types. She said that these people are the saddest people I've seen. You know, it's really sad. They don't know what they do. That is a bunch of bull. If you guys think, and I think it too sometimes, and I feel guilty, 
because they're so good at putting the sweet on, you know, the sugar sweet spice on, because when they're good and they want to act like they're, you know, mother of the year, grandmother of the year, they're real good at acting like that, you know, and they'll lavish you with some present that really is whack usually and doesn't you know, adorable alpha for your kid that doesn't fit. It's like five sizes too big. You know, it's always some kind of construed gift. But um, they, pre my mother and grandmother, have premeditated everything they have done. So I'm not going to listen to some therapist tell me to feel bad for these people. They're sad people and that's why they do it. There's no damn excuse, you know. Um, I grew up with a mother like that, and so did my mom. And my mom turned into what her mother was, and why didn't I turn into what my mother was? You know, um, she you choose what you want to be, and some of it is, you know, learned behavior from your mother, but the rest of it is, you know... Um, there's certain people and they're just evil. You know, that's all. Evil, evil beings. And it's premeditated 120%. And I do not feel bad for her. I wish her well. You know, um, another episode we'll have to talk about is, you know, the, the capacity of love that you hold for your abuser you know it's so hard to just drop it you know my mother has done outrageous horrendous things to me and my family and there are still days where I find myself like almost daydreaming about having her acceptance and having her you know be normal person but it will never ever happen she is incapable of that love that I needed She's incapable of being a mother or a grandmother or a wife. I hope one day, you know, there is some kind of cure for people like this. Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're just people that evil's taken over. I don't know. But I do know that the only way to live my life and be the person that I want to be and the person that I am, and to give my kids a great mom and a good wife for my husband is to just get out of here and to be, you know, I have friends, but, you know, they grew up with my mother, and, and like I said, they're part of this small-town cult-like thinking, and, you know, their mothers grew up with my mom and dad, you know, it's like, my dear friends are still, they still have helped, but they keep their distance. And I've told them to have blue in the face, but I think some of, the, some of them are still like on the fence and they want to believe, you know, the stuff that my mom and grandma say. I can't blame them, you know. Um, we all know how hard it is to, how impossible it is to reveal the truth. But, you know, who knows? Maybe um, these podcasts and documenting and, you know, 
maybe one day it will lead to truth. Maybe we'll figure out a way to reveal these people and what they've done to others. So it stops. This horrendous abuse stops. All right. This is like, I think my longest one. Um, happy holidays to you guys. I'm going to get on here before that, but I'm just saying the holidays are around. So, um, I hope everyone's hanging in there. I'm, my contact information is somewhere on the site. (laughs) Um, but I think there's a way to contact me. There is, uh, it's somewhere I'm trying to find. You guys can see it on the page that you click the episodes on. I think I have an episode two of my information. But um, please feel free. It's WhitneyBorden1 at gmail.com for my email. You know, uh, or leave me a recorded message. I love those. You know, any thoughts or questions or any stories you just want to tell or if you need somebody to talk to, please feel free. Um. We got to all stick together. Holidays are rough. And I'm sorry again that I asked for, you know, monetary help, but I don't have anybody to ask anything. And anybody I would ask help from, um, side note, my husband's, both of his parents have passed since he was young. So, uh, he doesn't have much family. If that's what you're wondering left, but all my family, you know, is completely sabotaged and they think I'm going to go, who knows, uh, my mother's main reason of putting the heavy financial abuse on even worse now is because she knows that I want to get away. And she also knows that, um, having no money is, in her, it's, it's a point in her side because it's going to be harder for us to get out. It's harder for us to live. And she wants to make any kind of thing come up that she can to force me to ask them for help. So I, I look more like, you know, she wants to reiterate 24 seven that I'm, I'm this dilapidated mess. So Again, if you, if anybody feels like donating to my sociopath, narc, abuse, awareness, uh, podcast, I will appreciate it more than you know, and I will send lots of love and light to you guys, and somehow I'll repay. It's just hard Christmas time, you know? I never, never ever thought I'd be in this position, but it's okay. Because the only way to go is up. And we're all going to be okay. It's one moment at a time, one day at a time. Sometimes the best thing I can say, I know what it's like to, you know, zone out. I know what it's like to be pissed at yourself because you didn't do things the way you need to do things to get yourself healthier and out of that whole cycle of abuse thinking and all that mamba jamba stuff. Um, it's hard, but there's just one thing I know that works for me is when I stay in the moment and my therapy 
I used to go to these therapy classes and they used to say like, ground yourself for like 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Feel your feet on the floor. You know, be in the present. Don't let your thoughts float. Don't let your body float. Don't let all this craziness float in and out. Don't let that negativity live inside you. Let it out. And once I do that and I'm able to like come back into myself and I feel those feet and I feel, you know, if you just like think about, okay, my feet are on the ground, close your eyes and go up to your knees and feel your knees and your thighs and wherever your body, just feel it as a whole and a thing of matter. Feel it on the floor, you know, feel your sweatshirt or whatever you're wearing, your clothes on your body. Just be in that moment. And it helps me like, you know, talk to myself and realize when I'm doing something that I don't like or I'm going down a thinking path I don't like. It's like, when you know, we're not going to think about this. Think about your kids and your husband. Think about what you want for yourself. We're doing new ways. I'm not saying it, it works every time, but it's starting to really work when I do that. I have to stay mindful. That's huge. All right, guys, I'm wrapping it up. I'm going to go in and start chiseling away, packing more, and uh, my donations. <laughs> um, it's time to start fresh, and you guys are going to start fresh wherever you are in this journey of surviving narcissistic sociopath abuse. Um, you're going to get through it, and it, it seems like impossible, but it's not. It is not. It is not. We got this. We can do this. And we have to get that awareness out there. We got to do it together. We've got to. Because it's not right. They need to be held accountable. Bottom line. Alright guys. Take care. Brush your hair. I will be on soon. Bye bye.